friends. Welcome to The Better Self Project. The Better Self Project is a podcast about self-improvement, self-development, and self-empowerment. We're here for busy adults who want to learn practical tips and strategies that will enable them to cultivate a better self. Today, on our ninth episode, we're going to be talking about self-care, practices known as self-care. Today, we are, we're going to go on a little adventure here. We're going to have a little self-discovery about what it really means to engage in self-care. Kyle, tell me, when you hear the phrase self-care, what is it that you think of? Well, it means all sorts of things to me now, but I think what it used to mean to me was something that was a little off-putting almost for me because I assumed whenever I heard the term self-care that it was activities that are reserved for the wealthiest of the wealthy and it comprised people going on endless spa days and getting massages all the time, manicures and pedicures, sitting around and eating chocolate and decadent desserts. That's kind of what I associated with self-care. I guess I had a bit of an allergy to it for a long time because it almost sounded like something that I would never really necessarily take part in actively. In your mind, you viewed it as the opposite of hard work. There was either or. You either worked hard or you were a self-care type person. Yeah, it was sort of the antithesis of hard work. And I kind of pride myself on being a hardworking individual. So I thought of self-care as something that almost seemed lazy, like it was reserved for other people. I never really understood the benefit of having and implementing self-care along with hard work and how in order to continuously work hard and work consistently and try to go the extra mile in life and just do a lot of things and be a productive member of society, you have to take breaks and you have to implement some type of self-care. And I think I had a bit of a reframe as far as what self-care is and what it could be. If you were being Kyle, who you are now, how you view the world now, how do you look at self-care? Because I think women engage in these conversations or or those who identify as more like a feminine type engage in conversations about self-care a little bit more frequently. But I think that conversation, I mean, from my observations, doesn't really happen with dudes quite as often. So I'm very curious as to what self-care looks like for you now in this season of your life. Yeah, you don't often see a bunch of guys grouped together discussing their new self-care practices, do you? (laughs) I mean, we can normalize that. I think that's cool. Maybe we're getting there in certain contexts. The way I view self-care now is something of almost a necessity. Like it has to take place in order to coincide with working hard, working long hours, long days. We have a couple businesses that we run. I train and then we do online coaching as well. So there's a lot of work to be had, but the only way we can consistently do it is if we take the time to take care of ourselves and take calculated breaks and strategic breaks. It's absolutely vital and necessary that we implement self-care. And self-care can be a whole host of things and practices. It can be very, very simple. It can be very complex. It can be thought out and strategic. But I think it's absolutely vital and necessary at this point in my life. I hear often from people who are very productive and people that get a lot of things done, they're constantly finding new ways to implement self-care practices as well. So there's something to be said about production and then calculated strategic breaks. Right, because you hear those stories all the time, right? Evidence of other countries that maybe have a less strenuous workload or even a shorter workday company-wide or nationwide, countrywide, whatever the case may be. And you hear that their productivity goes up and you hear that they are experiencing more life-fulfilling things 
things to the point where they're living longer lives and they say that their finances are better, their health is better, their mental health is better. So there's plenty of evidence that proves that taking time to take care of yourself is extremely important and extremely vital, not just to your workload, but to your entire livelihood and well-being. I believe that you have to fill up your cup first so that you're good for the rest of the world, so that you have the capacity to take care of everything else in your life and the people in your life. What do you think about when you hear the term self-care, Ms. Pamela? To be honest, I think I used to think very similar things to what you're describing. All the luxury, all the time, all the freedom, all the capacity to engage in all the things that you just want as opposed to need. And I think that shift in perspective is what allows me to reframe what self-care is. Self-care is not just stuff that you want. It's not just being able to fill your online shopping cart endlessly and purchase all of the things or spend a whole day out with no cares and all the brunch in the world. (laughs) But now I view self-care as also a need. Being able to take a moment for myself, being able to cultivate space for myself is absolutely essential. I think it's very easy to recognize that there's some level of need, especially in a parent role. There is a need to have some element of self-care because otherwise I'm just garbage. (laughs) I can't show up for my kids nearly the same way if I'm not present with myself first. I cannot conjure up the capacity to be present for them in the same regard. I think the struggle currently is I recognize it as being a need, but sometimes I don't always remember that I am of value enough to create time to do that. And that's where my biggest struggle is. Yeah, and that's where I come in to remind you that you are indeed a person of value and you should probably implement some self-care. Like today you're going to do some yoga, right? That's your homework. I didn't give you that homework, but I think it's terrific homework. So that could be something that could be very necessary, like a need in the self-care realm. You mentioned something about being a parent and how you have to implement self-care so that you have the capacity and the energy at least is what I took from it, to be fully present with your kids. You have to be in the right headspace. You have to make sure you've taken care of certain things in your life so that you can take care of them. Can you speak a little bit more to that? Well, and yes, you do a great job of holding me accountable to my self-care practices. And that's homework from my therapist too. Yeah, that's the thing. While I want to encourage the kids to have a sense of independence and personal responsibility, at the end of the day, it is my job as a parent, especially in this current climate with kids being at school at home and just life being a little extra unique to try to have to navigate. They need things, period. And I want to be able to be present. I would love to have this endless well of patience and ability (laughs) to be whatever they need in any given moment. And I recognize that it's not realistic to be 100% present and full of all of the patience in the world every single moment that I spend with them. But I've definitely found time and time again that if I do not, even if it's just five minutes when I'm making my coffee in the morning, take a few deep meditative breaths before anybody else gets up in the morning, that's a game changer for my entire day. That's actually a moment of introspection and self-care for a lot of people, especially really busy types. If they've got kids and they've got a really busy job, they will get up super early even if it means they're tired because they have that half an hour in the morning to just themselves. It's quiet. It's calm. The world hasn't necessarily woken up yet. It's not busy, busy, busy. You don't have to be as reactive. And I've heard people say things like own your mornings. That's a great way to own your mornings, waking up maybe just a little bit early. You're sacrificing a little bit of sleep. So you always want to make sure you go to bed a little bit earlier if you're going to do that. But it's interesting how when we become adults, sleeping in may not be the only self-care item when it comes to the morning 
mornings, getting up early, earlier than the rest of your family might actually be. And it's just a good, quiet, calm, serene moment to just take a few breaths and get ready for your day so that you're not just jumping right into your inbox. You're not jumping right into reactivity mode with your spouse or your kids. So I think we both came to the conclusion later in adulthood that self-care, the term self-care, isn't exactly what we always envisioned it as in our minds. It's not the conventional, just spa days all the time, Kardashian life that we kind of thought of. And it actually became a term synonymous with doing things for ourselves that give us energy, give us vitality in our life, give us capacity so that we can continue working hard on the things that we care about and being present with the people that we love. Ooh, I love that definition. That's fantastic. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Then we have two questions here. The first of which is how can you check in with yourself to know that it's time to take a break? It's time to implement some forms of self-care. How do we recognize that in our lives or in our bodies? And then we'll get to the question of what can that look like? How do we figure that out? On an individual basis, because it's going to look a little different for everybody, just like food and exercise and lifestyle. It's very deeply ingrained within our lifestyle. So it's going to be different for different people. I mean, self-care could be a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So we're going to talk about those first two questions that you mentioned. How do we know when we need to start implementing some self-care? When is a good time to do that? It starts with you checking in with yourself, right? I think we have to check in with ourselves. We have to pause and look within, ask ourselves if we've been very reactive to everything that's happening around us. Are we responding to our lives or are we just constantly reacting to all the stimulus that comes near us? All the stressors that come out of nowhere, all those little annoyances. Are we screaming in our car on the highway at everybody who's driving around us? That might be a pretty good indicator that you need some self-care. Reactivity is usually a placeholder for stress and anxiety. Anxiety is a placeholder for stress. If we're overly anxious, that might be a good indicator, a good key indicator that, hey, it it might just be a good time and opportunity to implement some self-care. It might definitely be time to implement some deep diaphragmatic breathing so that we can get from the sympathetic nervous system into the parasympathetic nervous system. We get out of that fight or flight mode and we get into the rest and digest, which is the calm centered portion of our lives. If we can reach that, then we'll be a lot less reactive, a lot less anxious all the time. Everybody needs it. (laughs) There's no question here. Everybody needs to implement some form of self-care in some regard. There are some people that gravitate to the idea of I need to schedule it because I don't trust myself to listen to my body or listen to my mental health when I'm too anxious or too stressed. I go, 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 and then I burn out and crash. For me, I have to schedule it. Otherwise, I get lost in the chaos of life and I'm dead to the world before I've ever done a thing towards taking care of myself. We were referencing my homework from my therapist. (laughs) She has asked me to make a point to incorporate movement into my week because for me, that does reduce my anxiety and that does help me refill my cup. And so I had to find some versions that felt doable and felt achievable. I've got a day of the week where I'm going to walk. I have 
have a day of the week where I'm going to do some restorative yoga. And then I have my one to two days where I get to go train with my best friend in our garage gym. But it's good for me to look ahead at my week and schedule that time out and protect that time for myself. What about you, Kyle? What is uh, what is self-care in your day-to-day look like for you? Well, it changes. And that's kind of the fun thing about self-care. You can always add things and you can always subtract things that maybe aren't working for you. Or maybe there was once a time where something really refilled your cup, but now it just seems like a chore. And maybe that just means we need to reframe it or we need to tweak it a little bit. For me, I've been exercising consistently now for about eight years, maybe just shy of eight years. Even that can get a little monotonous. I recognize that being active and lifting and getting a a sweat and walking outside, doing a little bit of cardio, that's all self-care and necessary for myself and my mental health and well-being. But sometimes even just doing that over time can feel like you're just punching the clock. So sometimes just trying something new. I know we were doing yoga for a little while. I miss doing yoga. I hope to get back to that. At some point, we'll be taking yoga classes because that's a very meditative, therapeutic thing. It forces you to be present. It's hard. It's difficult. If you've been lifting weights for a few years and then you go do yoga, you recognize how tight your body is. And and just from like a physiological standpoint, self-care in the form of stretching, active mobility, getting some blood flow, being able to get further ranges of motion. These are skills and just acquiring skills and learning new things can be a form of self-care. And when I was a kid, I never thought that. I always thought of learning as something that was boring and forced upon me. But when you're an adult, you can choose to learn anything you want. You can acquire any new skills. You can start working towards something and it forces you to be present in the moment doing the thing, which with busy lives and so many unknowns in our heads, it's very easy to constantly be in our heads thinking about, well, what's going to happen next and what's going to happen if this happens and what's going to happen if that happens. It's nice to be present and in the moment doing something that forces you to pause. Yeah, I know that when you in particular get extra maxed out, you have a tendency and we both joke about this, but you do have a tendency to think about 300 steps down the road. And we've talked about this before too, just at home ourselves. (laughs) What is Mel Robbins definition of anxiety? Having one foot in the past and one foot in the future and toggling back and forth between the two. The antidote to that is just staying present. So recognizing you're in the present moment, taking a deep breath, counting back from five. That's another Mel Robbins trick. So thinking five, four, three, two, one, that's a nice pattern interrupt. Our brain has to center itself for a second and then say, oh no, I'm here in this moment now. I don't need to necessarily obsess about the past or the future. Yeah. Even that five seconds, that is a form of self-care. It's like what you were saying before, going from the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic. So switching from that fight or flight, anxious, high stress, version of thinking to the rest and digest, able to be actually present with yourself. I know you mentioned yoga before, but what are some other self-care practices that you implement and what can that look like for you now? Well, like you said before too, everybody's version is so different. And I'm going to be honest, one of mine is getting my nails done once in a while. (laughs) That is a good one for me. I found that when I'm extra maxed out, I can be pretty hard on my physical self. I'll pick at my hangnails or I know some people bite their fingernails, things like that. That is usually a good indicator that I have not been taking very good care of myself and I have not been processing my anxieties or my stress very well. And so I do set regular dates to go have someone help me take better care of myself. 
Other things, like I'd said too, you know, some deep meditative breaths have become a part of my morning ritual with my coffee. As my coffee is steeping, I make a point to take some deep breaths. And coffee is a self-care item too, right? Just experiencing a good cup of coffee, buying some local business grounds to have. And that's just kind of a nice comforting feeling knowing that you're helping out people within your community, but you're also enjoying their amazing coffee and their amazing products, right? That's a good self-care item. Absolutely. Any thing that is going to refill your cup. So what refills your cup? Definitely working out, that sort of thing, which is something that I do frequently, four to five days a week, usually. Playing guitar. I used to be a musician and I would play guitar sort of as a means to an end, but I never just played for pleasure. These days, if I ever play guitar, it's literally just to stay in the present moment and just enjoy playing. And I don't think about anything when I'm playing guitar. It's just a fun, meditative, therapeutic experience. There's no end goal with it. I just play to play, which is fun. Reading is a great self-care item. Taking showers before bed, that's like an easy self-care one. It just prompts me for sleep and helps me sleep. I'm also a big fan of rituals and routines. So that is an item that I view as my own self-care. Streamlining my week, streamlining my days, that allows me to feel comfortable within my life. I'm not constantly thinking about what I'm going to be doing the following day. There's a lot of items that I do every day that are the same. And I do that because I want the freedom of choice to do everything else that I care about. So when it comes to being creative in work, the only way I can carve out enough time to do the things that I want are if a lot of things are planned accordingly. So I eat very similar breakfasts. I don't necessarily think a lot about what I'm going to be wearing every single day. I'm afforded that opportunity. I know not everybody has that opportunity, but that's something that I've kind of streamlined. Writing lists is a really great way for me to combat anxiety because I get all of the things that are kind of jumbled in my mind and I get them out on paper, I can relinquish those things. That's a good form of self-care. Even being creative, like this podcast, putting this out into the world, this is a form of self-care for me. One of the things I like that you reference to is the act of protecting that so that you can continue to move forward. You have these rituals, these routines, these systems put in place so that you can spend more time and energy on the other stuff. One of the things I started doing too <laughs> was actually leaving my phone out of reach when I'm doing bedtime with the kids. That has become a form of not just self-care for me, but it's care between me and each of the kids as we're wrapping up our day to spend that time being as present with each other as humanly possible. And that has restored me and filled my cup in ways that I didn't necessarily anticipate. Because like, I love the kids and I love hanging out with them. But at the end of the day, that's when they want to talk. That's when they want to share their thoughts on the world or their day or whatever has been going on. And leaving my phone out of reach has helped me to protect that time. And it's become a form of life-giving practice that we engage in. Right. And just one more thing about self-care. Sometimes self-care is not just doing what's easy. Sometimes self-care is doing the things that may seem difficult before or in the moment, like exercise, like getting used to the idea of exercising regularly. Sometimes that can seem like a really big chore and just another item on the to-do list, but I think we benefit so much from it. And just being active, it's great for our bodies, it's great for our mental health, it's great for our minds. A lot of times self-care might just be those things that in the moment feels like we're really delaying gratification, but we're setting ourselves up and serving ourselves for much bigger later returns and rewards. And recognizing that I think is something that can be valued and we can have pride on. And even that in and of itself can be a form of self-care. What we want to ask you all is to look at your life, look at your lifestyle, look at your day-to-day habits and 
Look for the opportunities to engage in things that are going to refill your cup, that are going to add capacity to your life, that are going to give you that little extra dose of patience or compassion for the people that you care about or the people you interact with on a day-to-day basis. Look for the things that you know do refill your cup and start with those because those are easy you know that they're going to work. And then start looking for the opportunities to create new ones, new rituals, new practices. Go get a pedicure if you want to go get a pedicure. There is no shame in that at all. Turning your brain off at the end of the night, it's an easy one to try to tell ourselves it's self-care. Sometimes it's a little bit of an escape and that's okay too. But look for maybe carving out those extra five to 10 minutes where you can do something that you know is going to restore you for the long haul. Yeah. And if you feel like you're being overly self-indulgent, like you don't deserve to care for yourself, just remind yourself that you you matter. You are a person of value. Talk to yourself like you're your own best friend. How would you talk to your own best friend if they said, well, I, I need to take care of everybody else and I don't have time to implement self-care and I can't take care of myself. I've got a hundred things to do. Imagine you're talking to yourself as your own best friend. Be kind and compassionate to yourself. Give yourself the ability and the priority to do these things for yourself because it isn't self-indulgent. It might just be a necessity and it may be the only thing that justifies everything else. And it may be the only thing that allows you to work towards everything else that you want to work towards and be there for all of your people and be able to show up the way you want to show up in the world. I think that's a good place for us to wrap up today's episode. We hope you guys are all taking great care of yourselves in this season and going into the next. We thank you so much for being a part of our lives. We're grateful to be a part of yours. Thanks for listening to us on your commute or in your headphones or while you're cleaning the house. Thanks for letting us be a part of it. Yeah, and if you have any questions or you need some ideas for self-care, we'd love to give you some. Just drop us a line. You can email us at betterselfnutrition at gmail. We're on Instagram at betterselfnutrition. You can check us out on our free community Facebook group at Better Self Community Group. Just search that in the little search bar. And if you want to know more about what it is Pamela and I do with our coaching, you can go to betterselfnutrition.com. Hope you guys are having a wonderful day and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.